Here we go, team. If you're catching this on live, I'm probably going to uh, get this bit out. We'll leave it for a couple of minutes to get some people in. Lauren is here. Welcome, team. Just going to give it uh, about a minute just to see who else is going to join. And then we're going to get stuck in. Tonight, you will need sound on. You will need me straight in your ear holes. You'll need a notebook and a pen. I've got a couple more notes I'm just trying to scribble down because I've got multiple screens in front of me. And then we're good to go. Mr. Tony, how are we doing? Fantastic. Once you're in, team, just drop us a comment just so we know who's here. And then we're going to get stuck in. We'll go for 30 more seconds, team. We've got Sarah, Sarah, Tony, and Lauren. Welcome, welcome, welcome. Wonderful. Alrighty, last few seconds, team, and then we'll get going. Here we go. Uh, I just want to do a quick test, actually. Uh, while we've got everyone here, this will be cut out because I can do it now that we've got the actual setup. So, a real quick test, if you don't mind, please. I'm going to say the word now in a minute, not that one. Um, as soon as you hear it, please can you just comment anything in the comments just so I can get a feel for how long a latency we've got. Alrighty, I hope you've all got the brief. Stand by now. Awesome. Okay, so 15 seconds, 20 seconds. Not bad. That's not bad at all, actually. Wonderful. Thanks, team. Amazing. Right, so, team, 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 we've got, who have we got here? We've got Lauren, we've got Tony, we've got Sarah, we've got Sarah. Who else have we got? Claire, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Give me a feel for how your week's going. Number one, terrible. Number five, awesome. Scale of one to five, go. And then we're going to get stuck in. We're not going to mess about too much to start off with. We are going to get stuck more or less straight in. As soon as I get a feel for where everyone's at, straight into the details. Uh, today's going to be a big one. I'm excited for it. I'm very excited for it. We've got fours. We've got fives. Wonderful. We've got five and a whoop whoop. Look at that. Tony, awesome. Um, awesome. Uh, actually, Sarah Staples, I'm just going to ask you if um, the answer to the question that you asked me in Hypersport, whether that was that made sense about why we do 500 meter intervals. Um, if, if it doesn't, then say so, and I can um, elaborate on it here, because I'm sure it will help everybody else. Uh, Kirsty, we've got a three. Wonderful. Sarah, we've got a four. Will be a five. Awesome, awesome, awesome. Well done, team. Well done, team. Great. Welcome, folks. It does make sense. Awesome. Thank you, Sarah. Team, welcome. This evening, we're going to do a bit of a deep dive. This is, this is what I love to do. Like the health and the fitness side, the nutrition, the fitness side, that's good. But that's a little bit more... That's a little simpler to implement, to change, to adapt. It's a bit more predictable. The stuff that I really like is how people tick and how people think. Because that is the number one driver to understand how we feed ourselves, how we move, how we think about ourselves, how we talk about ourselves, and then how we express ourselves in our chosen adventures, whatever that is. And this is what we're going to do a bit of a deep dive into. I've got some questions. It's going to be rather interactive. You don't need to share the answers to these questions because they're going to be pretty personal and I'm going to try and push them quite hard. 
You do not need to share the answers to these questions unless you feel so uh, obliged to do so. That's entirely, ball is in your court. I'm not here to force anything. I'm going to be taking notes as well. I'm going through the same questions. There's going to be periods where you're going to be looking at my ball patch, alrighty, because I'm going to be writing away and you're going to be writing away. So it's not just going to be me going on send for the next 60 minutes because as much as I could do that, I'm pretty fired up. I've had some sunshine today. I'm good to go. Uh, I want you to get some value out of this. So there's going to be a little bit of work to do along those uh, along those lines. And basically, the introduction that I want to do here, folks, is I want to... I want to invite you to understand how you can build your own mental resilience and your own mental fortitude. It's all fine and good me talking about stuff, but a lot of this is centered around questions. And for those who have had one-to-one um, -one calls with me, or maybe we've met up in real time, whatever, and we've had some fairly deep chats, I love a good deep chat. The more we have those, the more you're going to realize it's not... It's not necessarily that I know anything groundbreaking. It's just I can ask you the right questions so that you bring about the answers. Because you know all the answers. They're in there somewhere. And it's just about the right questioning to bring that out. And that's what we're going to do this evening. Because we've talked about stuff in one-to-ones. We've talked about stuff in strategy calls. We've talked about stuff in getting you set up for your 90-day plans and everything. And that's all amazing. I've got all those notes. And what I want to add to them. Because it's all great doing them in one call. But if we don't review these things, then we're not going anywhere. I'm also going to turn the radiator down because it's boiling in here. Sorry about that. I can just hear it going like a furnace in the background and it is warm in here. So, uh, yes, I've got my little hot box off this. So, team, I want to introduce this. I want to kick this off with a fantastic, well, couple, actually, of statements that I've been, I've picked up from one of Ralph Fiennes' re most recent books, Find Your Mountain. Phenomenal. I love Ralph Fiennes. He is a true, true hero of mine. And I've read, I wouldn't say, no, certainly not all of his books, but I have read a lot of his books, and they are phenomenal. They're brilliant. And his newest one, called Find Your Mountain, is more of a more of an action guide, more of a user guide to try and figure out, um, you can afford a radiator, to try and figure out mental resilience, fortitude and confidence as to how to go about and do adventures like we all love to do or we love to read about, look about and see and whatever. Now, one of the things that he said when he first kicked off the book was, before you strap up your boots before you put your crampons on, or, in my case, adding to this, before you strap your trainers up. Understand what you want. And for that, I think it's very important. Some of the things that you, you may have heard me talk about before, and if not, you certainly will do in the coming future, is giving intent to things. Let's start with workouts. What is the intention of this workout? I'm going to pick on Sarah because she's fresh in my mind. Um, so Sarah went off, Sarah Staples went off and did um, five 500 meter interval running. You know, we're trying to build up um, pace progression here, lactic threshold, uh, in order to make her faster and faster and faster when it comes to her 10Ks and 5Ks. Now, there was an intent to that workout. Every workout I give you, there will be an intent to it. And that's fine. The geekery side of it's fine. But what's your intent for that particular workout? What's, why are you doing that? Not because you've been told. What's the intent behind it? Jen, the fantastic Jen, who is not in this call just now because I think she's in the car at the moment. 
Um, she went out for a bike ride today. I don't think she'll mind me saying, struggling with a little bit of motivation just now. That's fine. But today, she went out for a bike ride. I gave her a challenge to do. And I said, I want you to go around Bristol. I want to give you, I want you to give me, send me a picture of five key landmarks in Bristol. Just as something completely out of thin air as an intent to go and do something. The intent on my side was to get Jen out the door. The intent on Jen's side was to do the thing that she was told to do. I need to show up and I need to get it done. It's my turn to build some mental resilience now, build the discipline, show up as I need to show up. And I haven't fully read through it yet, but I saw when I just got home notification that she's nailed it. And in fact, she went to six different locations. So there's an intent there. Sarah going into a sprint. There's an intent there. Tony going into hill sprints. There's an intent. But what's your intent going into that workout? Are you turning up and just like, oh, I just need to get it done? Or are you turning up saying like, I need to perform in this. I need to get this done. I need to run something out of my body. I need to... I need to do this workout because I need to feel good about this or I need to undo this bit of stress, whatever it is. You need to figure out what that intent is. Now, in addition to that, how you fuel yourself. And I say that conscious of the fact that how I fuel myself sounds like a very nutritionist answer to what we eat. But that could be anything from having the birthday cake that, you know, is a good refuel after deadlifts. Yes, Kirsty. Or having a full-on high-protein poke bowl after a long day out on a bike, whatever, I don't know, whatever, that is ticking the nutritionist goal, but also ticking the fun goal and the enjoyment side of life. What's your intent here? My intent is to show up as the best version of me because it's somebody's birthday, or it's this, or I want to sit with my family, or I'm going out with my friends, or do you know what? I need to do the do here. And I need to eat the best thing for me. I need to not go to that McDonald's. And I instead need to go home and make some food. It's that intent. Lauren and Pokeballs. There we go. Perfect. Going to London. Invite you to think about and invite you to consider. Who are you? Sounds like a really airy-fairy question to start off with, doesn't it? But no, seriously. Like, who are you? And I want you to think of this in two different minds. And this is, the, this is where it gets interesting. I want you to think about who you think you are. And then I want you to think about who everyone else thinks you are. Think about your friendship circle, your family circle, those closest to you, those who see you at work, those who see you, you know, most regularly. What do they think you are? What do you think they think about you? I'm going to say think again, but I'm pretty sure that made sense. And how do you think about you? Who do you think you are? Because I tell you what, there will be a difference. There will be a difference. Because we are so much more self-critical over ourselves. And it's easy for other people, it's easy for us to think, ah, oh, because it's our ego talking when we say this. You know, oh, what do my friends think? Well, my friends think, you know, that I'm pretty impressive and I do this and I'm a leader and I do this. Of course, we're going to say good things. When we think about what we're saying about ourselves, ah, oh, do you know what? I am that particular failure or I am that or this, that and the other. We can be so much more critical. So that's the first thing I invite you to do. I'm going to give you 60 seconds on the clock and I just want you to write down a few notes. Who are you? Sum yourself up in five words. Who do you think you are? And while you're doing that, I'm going to figure out if I can play some music in the background because we will be doing this a few times. So I'm going to give you 60 seconds team. From now, I want you to write down five things 
Who do you think you are? And then once you've done those five things, I want you to think, of it, is it different for what other people think about you? So, you know, if you were going to go to Dave, your best friend, and you were to say, I've got these five words that I think I am. Would you agree or disagree? What do you think Dave would say? Go. Let's see if we can get some music on in the background. Fifteen seconds, team. Okay, I think I can play some music through my laptop. Uh, if it sounds a bit tinny, I won't bother doing it, but it's better than you just sort of listening to me breathe for a minute. So we've got that team. We've got five words, and what I invite you to do is jump into the comments. You don't need to divulge the words if you don't want to. That's entirely up to you. I do not mind, but I want you to just give me a feel. Uh, is there a difference between what you think about you and what you think others think about you? Just give me a yes or a no. If it's a no, you think you're completely aligned. Dave, your best mate, would say the same thing about you. Happy days. If it's a yes, there is a difference, then Dave, your best friend's going to say something different. What do you think? Give me a yes or no in the comments just now. Because what's interesting here is we can start to just understand ourselves a little bit more. And I want to invite you to, you know, park the ego at the door, put it out in the other room. Because it's easy to let the ego take over and say, yeah, I can do this, I do that, I'm super strong, I'm this, that and the other. You know, and, and that's that's great, but it's not really helping anybody. I'm, I'm, I'm inviting you now to strip this back. Because we're going we're going several layers deeper, several layers deeper. Sarah, I don't believe I'm as strong as other people think I am. Powerful, Sarah. And do you know what something? If I'm being 100% honest, I'd agree. I'd agree. I'd agree. But think about the journey that you've come on. Think about how different you are since when we first had that conversation. I think even if you do feel like you're in that strength deficit compared to what other th others think about you, you are definitely going up the hill there and you are definitely clawing it back because, you know, strong, crazy Sarah that you know and love is coming out, definitely. And I think there's going to be a point where you'll meet that and then you'll exceed it. And then people will be like, whoa, hang on a minute. I didn't know Sarah could do that. I know that's coming. I know that's coming. I think they would say the same. Laura, yeah, powerful, 100%. And that's great. That's, that's, there's no right or wrong answer here. And that's the beauty of this. If if your friend if you think your friends would say the same thing about you, awesome, great. How do we move on from that? How can we surpass that? What can we do to build on that? Because this is the trick here, or say the trick. This is the this is how we excel from here. If you think there's a deficit between what your friends think you can do versus what you think you can do, it's clear what we need to work on. If you feel like you're the same, then we need to make sure that we are surpassing that for ourselves, not for anybody else. This isn't about doing things for anybody else. This is, this is about surpassing our own expectations. 
It's about surpassing um, Sophie, a client who was uh, in the Adventure Coach last year and actually is going to be rejoining very soon. The first thing she said, one of the first things she said to me was, let me get the exact sentence right. She said, I want to surpass my own expectations of what I can do. Because she didn't expect herself, her, her to be able to do anything, really. She's a wonderful person. Super social. Loves that. But friends would kind of just see that social person and, and not really see who Sarah wanted to be. Sarah struggled to see who she... Sorry, Sarah. Sophie struggled to see who she really wanted to become. And then there was a massive void between who she wanted to become eventually versus who she was now. And because of that, there was almost a negative balance because she would suggest that her friends maybe overstated uh, what she thought she could do because she had very little self-belief at the time. So it's clear to see when you've got extremes on each side there where we need to make the change. But if we meet them in the middle and actually you're meeting your friends' expectations or your perceived expectations of your friends, then we need to surpass that simply so that we can go past our own expectations so that we can do the next level. Because when you find yourself in that, that middle ground, I've just had a note to say I'm currently offline. So my internet is on. So if you just lost me, please do shout. I'm sorry if we have, but I'm going to continue on as normal. You know, if you meet yourself in that middle ground, then that's your comfort zone, essentially, because there's no stress. The, 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 you know, there's no stress of expectation. There's no weight of expectation. So this is where we need to move on. Dave would say yes. Oops. Dave would say yes, but my wife would say different. She sees me when I'm at my worst. 100%. 100%. Partners in our lives, people that we share our deepest, darkest secrets with, the people who really see us for who we are, there's a difference there. They can real cut, really cut deep. Double-edged sword, this one, because, and we've had this conversation before, those people that are closest to us, nine times out of ten, they don't want us to be exceeding our own expectations, to be pushing our next barriers, to be pushing ourselves and excelling as much as we possibly can, as much as we believe we can, as much as I believe you can. Why? Because they love us and they want to protect us and they want to see us safe and they want to see us, you know, in that, in that point where, you know, you're not going to be putting yourself at risk. And that's a very difficult thing to get by. But this is where we need to understand who we are most and for, first and foremost to then understand what's most important for us. And days like today, it's fairly aligned. Bad days, less so. Confidence ebbs and flows. 100% Lauren. Yeah, absolutely. And thank you. You know, it's, it, it, it's completely normal, by the way, for confidence to ebb and flow. I can get full of caffeine jump on a call, wave my arms around. But we all have the same thing. We all have imposter syndrome. We all have dips in confidence. We all think that everything's gone to shit every now and then. We all think that we're not good enough, not strong enough, not fit enough, not thin enough, not adventurous enough, not good enough, not loved enough. It happens because confidence will ebb and flow. The most important thing you can do here is to understand how you can manage when the confidence ebbs. 
What are your non-negotiables? What can you do for yourself? What can you do to keep you on the straight and narrow? It's like being on a railway track that's going up and over the mountains. When that railway track gets covered in snow, you know the railway line is still there. You know the metal bars are still there, but you can't see them. And it can be a little bit daunting and you can feel like you're going to fall off a cliff, but you know that train's going to stay on the tracks. So you need to make sure that you have that, that commitment to yourself that helps you bolster that that helps you believe that the track is still there even though it's covered in snow and fog. People think I'm social. Deep down, I'm more introverted. 100% Claire, I can fully, fully, fully relate to that. You know, some of the people that I hang around with, they think I'm relatively social. I, I'm really not. Very introverted, love my own space. And, and that's, a, that's, a, that's a blessing because that shows that you are good at handling those social uh, occasions and you also love your own time. You know, playing a board game by the fire, making some fruity malt loaf, going for a solo run. We all love that stuff. I think my thoughts of myself are very different to how others see me, especially in work. Thank you, Sarah. You know, how, how do you feel that is? In a good way or in a bad way? You know, do you feel like there's a deficit? Do you feel like the people at work think more highly of you than maybe you do, perhaps? Not sure if it's just me, but... The stream is cutting in and out. Sorry. Ah, uh, damn. Sorry about that, team. Am I still here? Give me a quick thumbs up. The internet has been absolutely awful here the last couple of days. I'm going to risk it for a biscuit and just switch onto another Wi-Fi. So just stand by, team. Stand by. Okay. Apologies about the tech there, team. Are we still there? I feel like we might have frozen. Goddamn internet is so lame here. Okay, I've got... Tony, I've got a comment from you. Lauren, I've got a yes. Am I back in the room? I mean, I've got a completely frozen video of me with my hand up. So just give me a quick, we can work around this, it's all good. Give me a quick thumbs up. Can you see me moving around and can you hear me? Frozen, god damn it. Right, stand by team, stand by. Let's see what I can do here. Stand by, team. Okay, well, I'm still getting comments. Am I still frozen? Can you still hear me? God, internet sucks, doesn't it? Why, can't you, why have we not got to a point where we can have decent internet now? I'm going to just jump onto Mark's comment because it's just come in and I want to, I want to do it some justice. As little John or someone would say, if my train, you can hear me fine. Why are you just listening to me rap it on? Oh, I'm so sorry. Okay, well, we're going to see if the camera's just... Ah, I know exactly what's going on with the camera. Give me 30 seconds, team. We've got this, we've got this, we've got this, we've got this. Stand by. That's what you get for having a uh, wireless camera. Give me 30 seconds, team. We're in. We're on this.
We're coming. We're coming. Alright. We should be back in the room in five seconds. Are we back in? Are we back in? Give me a thumbs up. Are we back in? The wonderment of internet. Yes, we're back. Thank you, team. Thank you, thank you, thank you. Thank you for some patience there. I really appreciate that. Uh, right. We should have no more interruptions. We are on the third of Wi-Fi connections that we have in this house. But there we go. We live in the countryside and apparently Shropshire hasn't quite caught up with the world. So I'm going to go back to Mark's comment because it looks phenomenal and a super powerful. So as little John or someone would say, if my train falls off the tracks, pick it up, pick it up, pick it up. Let's go. I honestly haven't got a clue what others think of me, but I've realized my, in myself that my deepest fear is not that I'm weak. Mark, have you watched Coach Carter? Because that's like that's like a line-for-line line quote from that Samuel L. Jackson film. My deepest fear is not that we are inadequate. My deepest fear is that we are powerful beyond measure. It's not our light, but our darkness that guides us. That's awesome. I love that. And you know what? It really is. Because, Mark, for you, that reminds me of when you were on top of Snowden. What was it that we needed to do when you were on your way up Snowden and... It was tiring, it was windy, it was cold, it was a long old day, and it just needed that you sat down on your bag, and it was like, Mark, get up the fucking hill. Get up it. And that's it. I took your bag, and you got up to the top of the hill, and you finished. You were 500 metres short of the summit. Got to the summit, best day. Awesome. Amazing. Massive smile on your face, and you got it done. And that's the beauty of it, because this is how we can figure out who we are. Because look, to take another Ranulph Fiennes quote, skills can be learnt, but character cannot. And what that means is when you start to really dig into who you think you are, you start to understand what your character is. And that character is quite a difficult thing, I think, to really understand when it comes to who you are, like your actual character. Not something that's been influenced by books, by media, by videos, by what other people do and think. Because we are very uh, social beings so that we mimic and mirror what other people say and do. Whether we see that on YouTube, whether we see that in the pub, whether we see that with our friends. But it's where we better understand what our character is and who that is. And that is a really phenomenal thing. So, what I want to do now, team, is I want to go another step deeper. The next thing... And this is not, the answer to this is not just why you're in this coaching group. Like, why are you here? Not, I'm not expecting people to go out an existential crisis here. But why are you here? What are you trying to do? Why? Why are you here listening to me rabbit on on a Thursday night when you could be doing literally anything else? Why are you invested in this journey? Why are you in this community? What are you trying to do? Why? Not the what as in I need to run the race or I need to do the thing. I'm going to say it now. These things don't matter. They don't. They're great. Don't get me wrong. They are great. 
But it doesn't matter what you achieve. What matters is who you become. So why are you here? What are you trying to become? And I want to, again, give you another minute or so to just mull that over and write down a few notes to figure out what it is that you're trying to achieve. Why are you here? Because this is going to basically condense down to a mission statement for you. Now, for those who don't know, a mission statement, when, uh, when you're delivering a mission, a mission statement needs to be something short, punchy, to the point, tells them exactly what's going to be, what, what exactly the mission is. It's not a paragraph, it's a line. It's ten words, max. So, so what is it? What are you here for? Why? Your knowledge, support and accountability. Tony, why? These are things that you're here for. I'm talking about why running the 10? Why? Claire, why are we, why are we running 84-ish kilometers around the Austrian Alps? Lauren, why do you want to become mountain fit? Kirsty, why? Why do you want to be running up to uh, up the hill all the time? Why do you want to be back in the hills? Why? Mark, why? Because when you know the answer to that, it gives you a bit more of a guiding light when things start to get difficult. I'm not saying you need to be doing a why as in like, I'm doing it for little Timmy. I want to know who the version of you is that you're trying to become and why the hell are you trying to do it? Because this is a really hard question to answer, team. It, it's not easy. It's not easy. I've found it very difficult to answer these questions. But when it comes to conversations I've had with my own coach, my own uh, high-performance coach, and we're trying to dive into the same questions, well, when we first started the journey, I, I, I didn't really know what the answer was because I've had several whys and those whys have changed. But when you understand why you're here, you start to understand and picture and live with and become the person that you're trying to become. Because like I said, none of these races matter. They're great. They, they, they are performance markers. But it's becoming overachieving, right? Becoming is far more important. So, so why are we trying to become that? To be able to make the most of this world, explore it, enjoy it, the thrill of it. The world is so damn beautiful. Love it. Lauren, amazing. I owe it to myself to unlock the potential that I've got never really truly discovered. Sarah, yes, we are on a one-way train to accomplishing that. Because you're, you're on a phenomenal start. And it's going to be amazing to see you progress from here. What else have we got? Amazing. Amazing shares, team. Amazing. All right, I kind of spoke through all of that minute. So I'll give you another few more seconds just to kind of jot that down without me gobbing off in the background. To inspire my children, leave a legacy. Yeah, 100% Sarah. Amazing. So we'll go for 20 more seconds. And then we'll move on to the next one. Because the next one's a deep question. I like deep questions. To build my grit, Claire Molyneux, yes. To be the best I can for myself and to inspire others, yeah, 100%. See, Tony, see the difference now between your last comment for knowledge, support and accountability versus to be the best I can for myself and to inspire others. I love that you've put yourself first there and then to inspire others. Like, that's something to get out of bed for. 
Claire, to build your grit, to just constantly keep bashing down the next barrier after the next barrier, despite society saying that you're old and frail, by the way. Don't, don't forget that. And it's just phenomenal. Sarah, to inspire your children to leave a legacy. That's going to get you out of bed in the morning. Fall in love with myself, uh, Mark. To fall in love with myself, to become inspired by my own actions and become someone who I'm proud of. Mate, that's power right there. It really is. This isn't, you know, again, there's no right or wrong answers here. These are your own journeys. These are your own journeys. So team, we're going to go rolling in with all the punches for this next question. Because I invite you to really think about this. Don't jump in the comments straight away. I want you to write this down on a piece of paper in front of you and I want you to really ponder it. Because it's not an easy question to answer. A lot of people can jump to more subjective and objective things. But I'm, I, I want to talk about, I want you to think about something deeper. What is your biggest fear? And I don't mean the dark, werewolves, anything like that. I, I mean like truly, what is your biggest fear? Maybe there's more than one. I'm going to give you a minute to just think about that. I realise we haven't done the music thing, but I, do you know what? I'm just not going to risk it with the internet connection. Because I want you to think about what you're most scared of. I'm not looking for an inspirational answer here, folks. I'm not leading you to say anything in particular. I want you to be 100% dead set, truthful with yourself. If you fear nothing but garden gnomes, that's awesome. If it's something deeper... Fine, that's great. But I want you to be 100% clear on it. Maybe it's something... Uh, I, I always get subjective and objective the wrong way around. Maybe it's something specific, subjective, like deep water, like the dark, like heights, something along those lines. Or maybe it's something a little bit more... Oh, I can't quite think of the word. Abstract. Good word. Like, for example, fear of failing. Why? The fear of failing is not the fear itself. It's 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 your understanding of the outcome of failing. Why are you, why are you scared of failing? Think about it. Because the next question you're going to get asked right now, now that you're mulling down, as you're mulling over what it is that you are most scared of, I want you to think about why. And I want you to give me three reasons. Not give me, give you three reasons as to why you are most scared of that particular thing. I'm going to pick on you, Sarah, because you just put it in the comments. Failing. Why? Three reasons. What's the worst that's going to happen? Why are you scared of it? We're not here to disarm it. If it's a fear of yours, it's a fear of yours. And that's, that's great. We need to understand that and respect that. But we also need to understand why it's there. Not just healthy respect of the thing that's there, but why. Regret, Laura, amazing share. Why? Three reasons. And deep, deep, dig deep into it. Dig deep into it. Do you know what? As a little bit of, you know, discomfort on my own part, I'll share mine. Uh, I will see if I can think of three reasons on the spot. 
the pressure is on. Now, I used to be pretty darn scared of deep water. Still not an overly big fan of it, but that's something I can fix. Exposure to water, exposure to heights, that sort of thing. That's fine. But I'd probably say that biggest fear for me right now in today's life is not the fact that this light is really bright in front of me, so I'm going to turn it down. I'm stalling, not. Is simply, I think, not fulfilling my own potential and I'm trying not to make that sound like the antithesis of what I've just said before which is trying not to make something sound super motivational I'm, I'm trying not to here because look I have failed a lot of things I've quit a lot of things I've let myself down a lot of times in life I've regretted every single well, yeah every single one bar one or two I'm at peace with a couple but I'm a highly strung, high-performing kind of guy, and I put a lot of pressure on myself to do stuff. And the reason I put a lot of pressure on myself is because I, I, I am genuinely scared of going to work in an office and just sort of living this life of just quiet desperation and lack of fulfillment. It's horrible. Really don't want that. Really don't want that. Been there a few times. Really don't want to see that again. And I guess, you know, the reasons for that stems back to childhood, parents. Stems back to chips on my shoulder I've got of other things that I have not achieved in my life. I dropped out of school. I didn't make it all the way through my A-levels. I failed at Special Forces Selection three times. Uh, you know, there's a lot of things I've failed at. I've, um, I've failed at big challenges I've tried to do. I broke my knees while trying to run 16 marathons in 16 days. That was a failure in my life, in my eyes, because I couldn't necessarily run the last ones. I, I, I feel like I've done a lot of things wrong. And, and that's where it comes from. And the thing with that is, the reason I'm sharing this sort of sob story of mine is I want you to learn from it. Because I want you to be comfortable in, in sharing with yourself what it is you're most frightened of and why why because that's the most important part because it it's not that it disarms it it puts context to it i'm not going to disarm the fact that i'm terrified of living a life of mediocrity that doesn't need disarming that needs to be as potent as it could ever possibly be because it's going to be knocking on my door every single morning getting me up out of bed in the morning but when you understand why, you start to understand how you can get around these things. We've got some amazing shares in this comment, so I just want to jump on that. Um, okay, Sarah Howard. How it will knock me down, how my children will then see me, will I ever be able to be successful? Powerful, 100%. Because this isn't about sending you down a sorrowful guilt trip journey we all have a light side and we all have a dark side this was a, a an analogy from a man called elliot hulse he, he used to be a really good voice he was basically a um oh what's the word no it's gone he would oh he would like stand up for like man's men's rights and things like that he was a, he was a, he was a cool guy he's american he's very american and and he's kind of gone 
a little batshit mental recently. However, something he said many years ago was everybody has a light side and everybody has a dark side. And I can really see this because the dark side is the shadow part of us. It's the bit of that contains our fears, our ugly parts of our personality. The, the, the part that we don't always like. There is a part of us that we don't like. And I'm not talking body parts. I'm talking attitude, characteristics, our reactions to things. I get angry pretty quickly. And I don't like that about myself. I need to control it. Like, we have this dark side. And we need to understand and appreciate that and not box it off somewhere. This is why we talk about things that would most scare us. This is why we talk about why it's there. This is why we go seven layers deep. This is why we understand that actually some of these things, you know, might stem back to childhood, might stem back to certain things that happened in our past. And if that does stimulate thoughts in you or, or, or memory trips with you and you feel uncomfortable, you know, and you need a moment, then please do take a moment. It's okay. This is a safe space. When we understand our dark side, we can amplify the light side because we can't just stay in the, in the world of, of happy positivity. We need to understand there's some shit to deal with. So how it will knock me down, how my children will then see me. We're thoroughly embracing and massaging the dark side here. Will I ever be, be, will I ever be able to be successful? That's the culmination of that dark side for you, Sarah. Something that's going to tell you you'll never be successful. Something that's going to tell you that you will fall down, that your children will not see you as, as, as super mum. There's the fear. Not achieving my full potential because I know that I have more to offer. Get derailed by others or quitting when it gets tough. Always like to succeed. Where does that come from? Why? Why is that? This drive for success, where does it come from? Wasting my life and not doing what I truly want. Amazing. There's a lot of scope to dive into there. Wasting my life and not doing what I truly want. First and foremost, what makes you think you're wasting your life? I'm not, I'm not saying it's right or wrong here. I want, to, I want you to know what it is that you, you are doing that makes you think you're wasting your life. I want you to know exactly what it is that you truly want. Because you wouldn't have said that sentence if you didn't already know. Giving up before I've attempted what I want to achieve. Half-assed attempts at things, quitting before I've really given things a go. I'm scared of letting people, events, uh, just things getting in between me and my potential. 100%. Mark, brilliant. And do you know what that says to me? That says to me that there's someone here that maybe hasn't stood on their own two feet for a little while. Maybe hasn't had that self, that autonomy, that self-belief, that self, I can't think of the word. Nope, can't think of the word. The ability to stand on one's own two feet, to take care of yourself. Because it's been okay to do half-assed attempts in the, in, the, in the past. It's been okay to quit things in the past. It's been okay for people to get in between you and your potential. It's been okay for events to get between you and your potential. This is not beating up yourself from the past. You've all got here. That's phenomenal. You've all lived through all the stuff, all the highs, all the lows that you've been through. And do you know what the key thing is here? And we'll do this with everybody after they've done their big challenges and stuff that they want to do. This is an after action review. This is understanding. 
what went wrong, what went well. We do this after patrols and stuff in the army. You'd sit down, you'd get a brew, you'd still got cam cream on, you still stink, you sat there sweating, horrible, grotty, and all you want to do is have a shower, but you've just come out of battle. You've got a brew, and they're like, right, this went wrong, this went wrong. That was really, really good. This went well, and I think we've learned this for next time. Because when we understand those after-action reviews, when we do this detail, we understand that you've quit things in the past. We understand that people have got in the way of you doing your thing in the past. We understand this stuff. Great. We learn a lesson from it, and we move on. Holding myself back from amazing opportunities and hesitating. Hesitation is simply the limitation of your comfort zone. It's you hesitating on the precipice with a parachute on, ready to jump, but because that's the absolute edge of your comfort zone, you're like, I don't know if I can do it. I'm going to hesitate. I'm going to hold myself back. When in actuality, you know that the parachute's going to open. If you pass out in midair, your parachute automatically deploys. You know it's there. And it's times like this, you've got to... Take a deep breath and just go. And you've got to do the thing. And I think, Lauren, you're going to learn that falling on climbing walls and things like that. Learning how to fall competently and confidently. Claire. Jeez, Claire. Cancer coming back for a second bite. Thank you, Claire. Right. That's, that's pretty... That's big. That's really big. And that can keep you on your toes, for certain. That's going to keep you on your toes. And you know what? I can see that with you, Claire. I can see it. Because you let no opportunity pass you by. You give everything 100%. You're sending me pictures of your running group in the morning, saying how much you love the group. You're doing the stuff. You're getting after it. Living life exactly how you think you should be. There is always more. Like I said in a couple of calls ago, when you reach the top of the mountain, there's always another mountain. There's always more you can give. But you know something? Understanding what that fear is can just keep you pushing forward. Like that client you had. Kept doing it all the way. You know what I'm talking about. I don't want to look back on my life and feel that I didn't accomplish all the things that make me feel really alive and push me to my limit. Amazing, Sarah. Huge share. Because you know what that, sum, that sums up in, in one word? That's not wanting to live your life with regret. Now, there's a rather morbid, but stick with me here, um, analogy that Les Brown, American motivational speaker, he says. Now, stick with me. It's a little morbid, but stick with it. Now, Les Brown, he says, imagine, if you will, that you are laying on your deathbed and around you are the ghosts of ideas and dreams that came to you that you never acted upon. I've butchered the words a little bit, but steer with me. Now, just imagine, it's very dramatic and very morbid, but just, just imagine it for a, for a minute, if you will. Just humour me here. Imagine, that's it. Next stop on the bus is the next stage, whatever that is after life. But just before you go, all those things that you wished you could do, all those versions of you that you thought you could become that you never acted on, they turn up and they're looking at you, as Les Brown says, they're looking at you with large and angry eyes saying that we came to you and only you could have given us life. And now we must die with you forever. Morbid, I know. Dramatic, I know. But just, just humour it. Because when we look at that, 
we then understand, going back to Lauren's point about hesitation, what were the things that we hesitated on? What were the things? I'm sure at that point with me, there's going to be someone stood over me with an SAS berry, thinking that could have been, that could have been. There was someone else who was maybe a naval captain. That could have been. But the thing is, when we understand that, we can change it. Because we can come to terms with the things that we might have quit on in the past, and that's cool. We can come to terms with that. We can move on from that. By then living the next however many days, weeks, months, and years, because we don't know how long we've got left, congruently with the version of us that we're trying to become. Because when you do that, you don't leave opportunities behind. That leads lovingly into uh, Laura's next comment here. Passed up opportunities because it's unknown. What's the worst that's going to happen? What's the worst that's going to happen? As the saying goes, you don't get out of life alive. You've got to die to leave here. So what's the worst that's going to happen? Maybe lose some money. Money comes back. Uh, maybe hurt yourself, you can get fixed, you can recover. There's a saying that I love, which I can't remember who I've, I've heard say it now, but it, I think it was just an offhanded comment. There are no bad experiences, there are only good stories. Now, any of your challenges coming up, anybody here could have disaster strike. Somebody gets hurt, you know, you run in 16 marathons and your knees break, for example. And, you know, it, it puts a stopper on what it is that you're trying to achieve. Is it the end of the world? Or is it a cool story? You're either going to complete the thing, in which case it's a cool story, or you're not going to complete the thing, in which case it's a cool story. And when you realise that everything we do is just so we can tell the story of it, whether that's to ourselves, i.e. self-belief, or whether that's to other people, i.e. sharing the love of that. They're only stories. So past up opportunities because it's unknown. Guess what you're going to do? You're going to learn something. You might learn it the hard way. You might learn it the hard way. But you're going to learn something. Not saying yes to opportunities and seeing where things take me in favour of sticking with the safe option and feeling like I have to be an anchor for friends, family and relationships. Now, this is amazing. Amazing share. I hugely appreciate you. Because we do feel like we need to be an anchor to somebody i.e. the reliable person, good old-fashioned reliable Laura, who's just there, not doing the things that she should be doing because she just needs to be there. Honestly, I, I think, I hope this doesn't sound, I, I truly hope this doesn't sound condescending, but I think a lot of women will find themselves in this position. Feeling like they need to be the home person. You, you, can't, you can't do what you want to do because you need to be the home person. Because when we look at this particular attitude, we look at putting ourselves on the back burners. Parents, parents do this. Parents are the best. The parents in here, in this group, are phenomenal people. Because you will put yourself on the back burner in favour for your children to bring them up in the best way possible. Mothers do that from day one. When the actual human body, when it's growing a human being, will favour that growth over itself and you continue that for 18 years until you kick them out of the house and then they have to start paying their way but the thing is 
we need to make sure that we are bringing our best. Because whether you don't have children, looking at Laura's comment here, and you're being the anchor for friends, family and relationships, are you being a shitty anchor? And by that I mean, are you bringing your best self to those people? Maybe your best self is the anchor. In which case, phenomenal. Embrace it and love it. But if it isn't, and I don't think it is because you've put that as an issue in this particular comment, then guess what you've got to change? You've got to find something that brings out your best self. In your case, Laura, it's getting out on your bike. It's doing the thing. It's doing the challenge. It's being the strong version of you. So that guess what? You can be a strong anchor for those friends and families and relationships. You can be there for your friends. But guess what? All your friends are doing the same thing. Going off and doing their stuff. Your family, maybe, are doing the same thing. Going off on their stuff. Don't be the anchor that gets left behind without the ship. The ship still has to move. The anchor doesn't need to hold it down. That was a bloody good analogy. I love analogies. Tony, because as a kid, my life was pretty shit. Divorced parents, crap time at school. Didn't, didn't do A-levels, didn't join the army, and so now I have the capacity to change stuff. Tony, unbelievable share, my friend. Thank you so much. Because look, the hand that you've been dealt is the hand you've been dealt. The hand you've been dealt is the hand you've been dealt. And you can action that. You can change that. That's what I'm saying. Like I said before, you can't change the past. You don't need to. The past has got you to where you are right now. It's the same in dieting. You know, how you've eaten has gotten you to the point where you're at now. You're either happy with it or you're not. If you're not happy with it, there's nothing you can do about the past however many years. We just need to change the things that you've learned. Understand the new things, the new knowledge, the new way of pushing forward. So that now we've got Tony the mountain goat. Tony the person who can turn around and bash out 100 push-ups before his three-month uh, deadline. Tony the man that can run a sub-30 minute um, 5K, even though he said he was miles off it, uh, I would say, what, a month and a half ago? Tony the man that can run the 10 highest mountains in the UK in seven days. That doesn't sound like, that doesn't sound like the version of Tony you've just described in that 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 uh, comment, but you needed the version of Tony in that comment to get you to here today. And what you do tomorrow either does that justice or not. Daniel Ricardo always says, no regrets, only memories. Yeah, 100%, 100%. You never, <laughs> it's like you'll hear me say rather sarcastically, you'll never regret a workout, but you'll always regret not doing one. The big story is type 3 fun definition, I think. Yeah, type 3 fun. Yeah, 100%. <laughs> so for those who don't know, you've got type 1 fun, type 2 fun, and type 3 fun. Type 1 fun is kind of you love it at the time. It's fantastic, brilliant, 100%. Type 2 fun is my favorite type of fun. It's crap at the time. It feels horrible at the time, but it's amazing to tell the, uh, um, tell the story of it down the pub. And type 3 fun is it's neither fun at the time nor after, but at some point it will be. Uh, which I think is kind of Claire's favourite style, style of fun. Uh, can reflect and see the see it in past relationships. Yeah, hundred percent. Past relationships we can see because we have twenty twenty hindsight. We can always see, unfortunately, the worse -er version of us. The more critical we are, more critical. Sorry, of the version of us in previous things, uh, in previous relationships, especially hundred percent. And now look where you are, Lauren. Now look where you are. Right, that was deep. I loved that. 
I want to leave you now with a couple of questions to think about. This is homework. I want you to think about these particular questions. Sorry, two questions. I might add a third in. I've got a third that I might add in. But I want you to think about now, when do you feel at your absolute best? When do you feel at your absolute best? What are you doing? What are you thinking? What are you eating? Where are you? When you feel tip top, 100%, exactly where I am, at my very best, what are you doing? Summit of a mountain, Mark, brilliant. And I want you to, I want you to bottle that. I want you to get that feeling and put it in a, put it in a cup, and put your hand over the top of it, and I want you to really think about that feeling. I want you to think about what it is that you're doing at your best. When you, what does it mean to feel at your best? What was the feeling that you had at the stomach of the mountain, Mark? Like, what is that? I want you to summarise that, and I want you to understand how you got there. I'm going to use you as an ex example, Mark, because it's a fantastic example. Mark feeling his absolute best at the summit of that mountain. I could see it in his eyes because I thought he was going to quit going up the mountain. What do you have to do? This is the hero's journey, team. This is the hero's journey. And this is phenomenal how this dovetails into Mark's, into Mark's story. The hero's journey, for those who don't know, is basically Star Wars, the, the, the story of Luke Skywalker, Harry Potter, um, Lord of the Rings. I'm going to stick with Lord of the Rings because I'm a massive Tolkien geek. You know, it's the story of somebody having to overcome massive odds or challenges and has to go through several challenges in order to get to it. It's a journey to get there. They find a guide and they overcome um, obstacles and challenges and such until they achieve the overall game, uh, uh, overall aim, sorry. That is the hero's journey, becoming the hero of a story. Now, Mark was the hero of his own story on his way to the mountain. We turned up in the park, car park. Mark had no choice but to get to the top of Snowdon. Otherwise, what else is going to happen? He's going to sit and twiddle his thumbs at the car. So this was the hero's journey. Now then, Mark went across... Mark got into it, involved in his group, so he found his little team, his fellowship, as it were. He found his guide. I was his guide that day. We got there. And the guide is not going to solve the problem for you. The guide is not going to carry you to the top of the mountain. The guide is going to invite you to think about how you can overcome that challenge. And that's what I'm trying to do for you. Because then, when Mark was sat on his rucksack, halfway up, well, 500 metres short of the mountain thinking in his eyes, ah, have I had enough for the day? The guide needs to say something to him in order to just switch the, the flick the switch in his head to say, do you know what? This is what I need to do now. Okay. And then guess what? You overcome the odds. You overcome the obstacle like Frodo Baggins on his way to Mordor. And then you get to the top of the mountain. And then you have that feeling. Then you have that feeling. Riding my bike in the sunshine, sheer bliss. Open water swimming at Dores, Loch Ness this afternoon. Unbelievable. Please share a picture of that. that. That sounds absolutely incredible. Flying down a beautiful trail on my bike, sending a few beautiful jumps, preferably featuring dust and sunshine. Awesome. Awesome. Love that. Love that. So with that, I want you to now think about, with that fresh in your mind, how am I now working on myself? Because when you're working on yourself, you're 
trying to bring about that feeling over and over again? How am I working on myself to bring that about? And that is a very important question to know the answer to. Because this isn't just me telling you to eat well and drink water and sleep and the rest of it. I might bang those those basics as much as possible until your ears start to bleed. But guess what? Those are the things that you can action to bring about your best self. Now, bringing about your best self is not some airy-fairy thing plucked off of Motiversity on YouTube. This is actually living in congruency to who the hell you want to be. Because life's too bloody short not to. So I want you to think about when you feel at your best. What is it that you are doing? And then I want you to know how you're working on yourself. That could be as simple as, do you know what? I'm really struggling to get out of the door at the moment, so I'm just going to try a short bike ride. Or it could be, do you know what? I've got some mountains to scale. doesn't matter. One end of the spectrum or the other, it really doesn't matter. What matters is it's, it's taking you one step further. I used this analogy with um, Kirsty the other day. Um, it's about, you know in Kung Fu Panda, and you've got the massive temple on top of the mountain, you've got all the steps and stuff. Uh, I'd love to do some stair reps up there, said no one ever. Uh, or in Ace Ventura when he's putting the sl slinky down it. I want you to think about every single action is one step towards that temple. And in that temple is the best version of you. Because the thing is, it can feel horrible when you're a thousand steps in and you're not even halfway yet. But it's about doing that small, seemingly insignificant thing over and over and over again. Not to be tempted to take two or three steps at a time because you might get tired and then not reach the top. But to just go, right, that's another step. That's another step. That's another step. I'm working on myself now to bring about my best. You know? Running in the mountains, exploring and feeling part of nature and the world. 100%. 100%. hundred percent for me it's having a right balance of exposure to adventure and all these things that I absolutely love and building a business where people are thriving while also in this sort of trifecta of the best version of me being the best version of me I can be outside this office in the house in the family to my family to my dog you know If I can balance those three, I feel unstoppable. I'm getting the exposure outside and the adventures and getting in the mountains and doing the stuff that I need to do and I love to do and that's pushing me and making me feel better. And building that into a business that's helping people thrive. And then I'm turning up my best self to my family, to my future family, to my dog as well. He's a good boy. Being outside, rain or shine, really windy, whatever. Lauren would get along like house on fire with Mark. He loves the wind. Making the most of the outside, enjoying the views along the way. Mountains are the highlight. They make my brain feel so quiet. Yeah, 100%. 100%. Lauren, we need to get another scramble in soon. Now, team, I think I am going to leave you with this third question. So the first one being, when do you feel at your best and what are you doing? How am I now working on myself? I want to leave you with this last question. I don't want an answer to it. I want you to answer this yourself. I want you to think about this. And genuinely, truly, don't mug me off. Just, just truly think about it. 
Why is that important to you? Because that's going to go back to some of the original questions that we've gone through today. I know we've been down a bit of a rabbit hole, but we are, we are, we are taking our final turn now. We're coming towards the runway. We're about to land the plane. I want you to think about when you feel at your best, that feeling, being in the mountains, being on the bike, going down that single track. I want you to think about that, being in the cold water, because that's how you bring about your best. And then I want you to understand how you're then working on yourself to bring about that. And then I want you to top it off with why that's important to you. Because team, the next time that you struggle, and there's always going to be struggles, the next time you struggle on this journey, whatever, whatever that struggle may be, someone cutting you up at work or the next workout that I give you, whatever it is, always remember those three things. Because I will come back to those three questions over and over and over again on our hyper support to make sure that you are sticking with it. Because you're all like cars with square wheels to get started. Getting started is hard work. But eventually those corners start to round off and eventually you start to gain some momentum. Claire Molyneux, the feeling at the top of a mountain where you just stop, look around and get those unforgettable top-to-toe top goosebumps. Yes, for those who don't know, uh, Claire did the uh, Grossglockner Trail in Austria last year and sent me a picture of that very moment of top-to-tail goosebumps at the top of a mountain in the middle of Austria. And that's it. You know, when we understand that, we'll chase it. And you have to chase it because the, the more that that's in the forefront of your mind the more you will bring it about. The more you understand your fears and your dark side, the more you can work on that and don't hide it away. It's who you are. Right team, that was a deep chat. I hope you all enjoyed that. I hope you gained some value from that. Um, do me a favor for the last minute or so, jump on into the, uh, jump on into the comments and just, just give me one biggest takeaway, one thing you've really loved from today's call. Just give me, Give me a feel to make sure that I have not lost you. Uh, we haven't gone too deep and you're still there with me because I hugely, hugely appreciate every single one of you people opening up and sharing in the comments. It's not easy. It's not easy. And if you haven't shared, I completely respect that. There's no pressure at all. But I, I want you to share this with yourself. So just jump into the comments. We'll give it the last 30 seconds until we get to one hour and eight minutes. Whew, look at that. And just give me one thing that you've taken away from this most uh, most from this call great session thanks ben very well done well done everybody yeah 100 percent, tony well done everybody uh biggest fear section was very impactful for me 100 percent, lauren you've got this you've got this thing is team you, you've all got this you really have i believe in each and every single one of you to do what it is that you're trying to do i, I really do and i want you to know I want you to know that you've you've got someone in your corner in, in me. Every step of the way. Every step of the way. If I could come and get there and do it with you, I will. Every step of the way. And it's it's hard work doing this deep digging stuff. But everything else is superficial. This is where the work's done. Ghost of the versions of me that made, nearly made me cry, 100%. Um, biggest fear section, most impactful for me. Thanks, Ben, for digging. Oops. Thanks, Ben, for digging in today. Appreciated. We don't do it enough and enough. 100%. 100%. I feel like this sort of thing gets 
chastised a little bit too much by British people because it's not very British to talk about your feelings. It's not very British to get enthusiastic about it. But the thing is, we need to. We need to talk about these things. You don't need to talk about it with anyone in particular, but you need to think about it. Talk about it with yourself. I really like digging into the reasons why I'm visualising what makes me happy. I zooming down country lanes on the bike, 100%. Oops, I'll remind myself to treasure why I'm doing this and enjoy the process of being on the journey too. 100%, Sarah, you're on a hell of a, heck of a journey. Why is the fuel? Absolutely, Tony. The mountain goat himself. Accepting that I'm not the only one with fears and that we're all... <laughs> we're all in a fucking awesome boat together. You all rock and I love you all. Mark Morris, the changed man himself. 100%. 100%. Right, team. I'm going to go and have a snack. I'm going to go and check on a very sleepy dog because he's, he's, he's been for a bit of a uh, run with me on the bike, which was fun today. Um, and I'm going to get out of my cycling shorts because I am still in them right now. But I appreciate every single one of you. Phenomenal work this evening. Phenomenal work. I hope you've all taken something away from it. Have a great evening and I will see you all next time. Peace team.